This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today, we're talking with Toby Habercorn, an author and a job search expert. And she's an experienced recruiter who can give us some tips about what those headhunters may be looking for. Toby often works with mature job seekers. And she says that, even though age discrimination is very real, boomers are finding great jobs. She'll talk about how boomers are succeeding in the job market. She'll share insights from her book, Best Job Search Tips for Age 60 Plus. And she'll offer tips for gearing up your job search no matter what your age. Toby, you're a a search expert and an experienced recruiter. But I know this isn't your first profession. In fact, like me, you've had a lot of careers. Can you tell us about how you became a recruiter and how you developed all your expertise in job searches? Well, I can give you some idea. Uh, Years ago, as a part-time job, I wrote resumes for a company which recruited large numbers of technical professionals for a specific project. I enjoyed interviewing these people and writing their resumes. So I decided to go back to university part-time for a master's degree in human resources. Now, I've enjoyed several careers, including marketing, movie critic, director of a cultural arts center, but the majority of my work has been in employment and recruitment. Well, let me ask, this is a pretty basic question. We've all had experience with recruiters by the time we're a certain point in our career, and many of us have interactions with search firms, but I know from my clients that that search firms, uh, headhunters, have a bit of a mystery around them. Everybody wants to be connected with good recruiters, but nobody is exactly sure what they do or how the, how the business operates or, or, or how they um, find people. Tell us, if you would, what does a search firm do? What's its business model? Well, let me tell you about the three different types of recruiters. Corporate recruiters are company employees and are salaried. A a contingency recruiter earns a fee only when the organization hires someone. So contingency recruiters typically work with a large number of job openings Using a database of known candidates, uh, frequently they look for matches and send those candidates' resumes, as many as possible, to clients for possible interviews. Now, a retained search consultant, on the other hand, is paid in advance to conduct a search. The retained search recruiter cultivates candidates in sectors in which they frequently work so they know who might be uh, restless and possibly open to a new position. They pre-select and interview these candidates 
for suitability and job fit. So the employer only sees the finalist. And so one of the reasons then it's it's great to stay connected with a recruiter is that recruiters or search firms typically are knowledgeable about a specific sector. I know somebody, for example, who runs a legal search firm, and she only works with lawyers who are partners in big firms, for example, but she knows everything about that sector. And so that's a pretty typical thing, that a, that a, a recruiter would become expert in a certain kind of job? Absolutely. A successful recruiter would know everything about her specialty. And I think if you're looking to uh, develop a relationship with a recruiter, there are a couple of ways to do this. And one would be by personal personal recommendation, uh, either through a colleague or a friend's recommendation. Another way would be to research recruiters in your industry or profession, because as you mentioned, Frequently, recruiters specialize in certain areas. And finally, one of the most popular ways is when a recruiter calls you about a position or perhaps for a referral, try to be helpful and stay in touch with that recruiter. That makes sense. That's They're, they're going to be a good source of information. But what about this? What about applying for a job when you're not really sure you're interested and maybe don't want to make a shift, but just to test it out? Is that a way to get somebody to notice you? Well, I think recruiters are a bit wary for people who are, uh, of people who are shopping around. So I think that once a recruiter tells you about a position and you say, yes, I have some interest, let's proceed. There is a good faith element, and that is that you are, the recruiter believes you are qualified and that you do have some sincere interest. So you, like any relationship, you want to build a trust relationship. You don't want to waste people's time. You want to keep in mind that this is their business and they want to put their efforts into closing a deal, making a match. And if you're responsible, then down the road, they may be there for you. Exactly, because I think if you're really job shopping, it is true that when a recruiter interviews you, whether it's a corporate recruiter or it's a, an agency recruiter, perhaps the job is not a good fit. Perhaps the employer decides to hire someone else. But if you are really job shopping, this will definitely burn the relation, any relationship with a recruiter. So I advise sincerity. And you never know the position that you thought you had just a drop of interest in. Well, you may find out that it is a good fit and you do want to pursue it. You know, the best jobs I ever had, I was cynical about in the beginning and they just turned out to be great. So it, mm-hmm. you can shift. Well, so I know a lot of your work is with mature workers, mature professionals. And in fact, you're a co-author of a book which is full of good tips, uh, best job search tips for age 60 plus. So you have a, 
an area of um, special expertise, which is working with people who are, who are going to make a, a transition when it's certainly not the first job. Can you um, tell us what some of the um, challenges that um, more mature um, job searchers may face? Oh, absolutely. More than likely, these job uh, seekers will be interviewed by someone who is young enough to be their child. And uh, these, these interviewers and even employers in some cases have biases. So it is extremely important that boomers can successfully convince these young interviewers that they have up-to-date experience, uh, they have the high energy to manage the wor- workload, and of course, have a cheerful, can-do attitude. In addition, boomers have to give examples of positive experiences working with younger employees who may have been their colleagues or managers, because fitting into a younger workforce is is of extreme importance to the employer. So by being able to show successful collaboration with a younger workforce, boomers significantly increase their chances of being hired and fitting into the company culture. Well, how do you do that? How do you come across as um, as youthful and energetic and hip about technology when, in fact, you've been working with a set of people who are also boomers or they're also um, more mature and um, and you don't have that experience. How do, you, how do you go about building your profile so that you can overcome some of the assumptions? Well, are you talking about actually meeting the, the recruiter or what, uh, what, uh, what transpires before that? Well, either one. What I'm thinking of is, say, uh, people I know, and I get a, a lot of questions from people who might re- send me an email after a blog or something, and there's, they often say kind of midlife, oh, I've been doing this job forever, I'm really bored by it, I don't know what to do next, or I've got some ideas, but I don't um, know if I can ever get um, a different kind of job because I've just done the same thing, and I'm afraid people will think I'm too old. So that that's the question I get. So let's look at... What if you're afraid people think you're too old, you don't have enough on your resume, um, and but you see a job that somebody's posted or a recruiter seeking? How how do you prepare for that? How do you respond to the assumption that yes, you are too old? Well, I think we boomers do not believe we're too old. We're the forever young generation, and despite the fact of looking into the mirror and seeing that uh, we are subject to time. Uh, we really believe that we are much younger than our parents were at this age. So we we certainly have a lot to overcome in the sense that we too are now, we now are the oldest in the workplace. But I think at least there are several steps you can take. And the hardest truth is that we judge books by their covers. And in a similar fashion, we are judged by our appearance. So it's really important that you make the effort to project your most up-to-date appearance and energetic self. 
even if you're intellectually and experience-wise able to outperform those uh, youngsters, and I put that in quotes, in the workplace. Few managers will hire you if they think you do not have a youthful attitude or if you have an outdated appearance and convey a low energy level. Uh, Fortunately, you can update your appearance and present a contemporary industry-appropriate look as well as project vigor. Um, Aging is inevitable, but doing your best to remain healthy and energetic while maintaining a youthful attitude is important to getting hired. You can improve your physical fitness, you can walk, you can ride a bike, you can go to a gym, and as for aesthetics, color your hair, whiten your teeth, update your glasses, and equally importantly, at any interview, be, be cheerful and wear your biggest smile. That's a lot of good advice, and, and sometimes uh, it's difficult to give that advice to um, your friends or to take it in yourself. But one of the things that you mentioned, health and fitness, I think that gets at the heart of a lot of assumptions and age discrimination attitudes. Some hiring um, managers think, oh, I don't want somebody over age X because they're going to take a lot of sick time and we work long hours and they don't have the energy. So part of what a candidate can do is, is let that person know that you are not that stereotype, that that you get exercise. You can build it into your conversation. You can um, say, oh, you can you can mention that your gym is just down the road. Is Do you agree with that? Absolutely, because you can have the best resume. You can be a great fit for the position, but I can assure you that you, if you come across as not up-to-date in your appearance, and in your energy level, even with the best credentials and qualifications, there will be significant hesitation to hire you because the employer wants to be, wants to be assured that you will add value and that you can manage the workload and more. And I do want to add another thing about appearance. Your electronic appearance. Make sure your email address is professional and easy to remember, preferably your first and your last name. Review your phone messages. A short generic message works well. Don't have something that's really cute or this is Susie's grandmother. And buy a texting plan. Texting has become the preferred quick way of communicating. And of course, research your online presence. Remember, all employers and recruiters check applicants' online activities for positive and negative information. So it's not just being up to date in your appearance, in your, in your field, and in your energy and and projecting a 
significant energy level, but it's also how you appear electronically. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash School. So if, if you have a, um, a client that you're helping uh, as a job search expert and, and they Google themselves and discover there's not much there at all, how do you have them start to build a more robust online presence? Well, LinkedIn is a wonderful source. It is free to the applicant. And over 90% of all employers and recruiters go to LinkedIn, as well as other social media. So it is extremely important that you have a compelling LinkedIn profile. And there are numerous ways uh, for help in in developing a good profile. LinkedIn itself has uh, tutorials. YouTube has tutorials. Uh, there, There are just so many tutorials. free free tutorials available to help you with your LinkedIn profile. But to be on LinkedIn and not do anything on LinkedIn is a waste as well. You need to join groups, industry groups, that you have interest in that are applicable to the field you want to find a position in. You need to respond to the various conversations going on, you need to, on a regular basis, maybe once a week, post either industry information, an interesting article. You need to be known as a poster of relevant information. The people who read your posts, whether they are potential colleagues or they are recruiters, will begin to see you as a resource and someone that might be a possible fit for a position in their company. So when, when you say posting, there are a couple of things you can do. One is you can write a blog post and then you can put a link. Another is you can actually publish a writing on LinkedIn. But what I see a lot of people doing is becoming curators of information. They're not doing any of their own writing. They're not spending a lot of time on their posts, but they're they're finding great information related to their field, and they're sharing that. Is that enough to be effective? I think so. Ideally, we would all be writers, and we would all write original, compelling articles. However, that's really, that's just not the way most people uh, operate. So, write, so posting 
interesting articles that are related to employment, that are related to the field that you're in, is equally important. And I think much more doable. That that makes a lot of sense. The, the main thing is to show that just as in an interview you come across as energetic, uh, online you come across as energetic. You're somebody who's kind of staying in touch with things. I think also when you invite people to join your network or you accept invitations, try to make it more of a conversation, not just accept the invitation or give the invitation. By email through LinkedIn, contact the individual and try to develop a discussion. What is it they do? What do you do? What do you have in common? That way you're developing resources rather than just members of your network. So reach out to people who view your profile. Reach out to people who become members of your network. Uh, The more you post, the more people will notice you and respond to you. But you need to do a little bit of work on LinkedIn to be a passive member on LinkedIn will only result in very basic um, responses. So what you're getting into really is that networking is an an essential part of career building and, and being in good shape to make a job shift. Networking is a key to, to, to any kind of job ambitions. Do you have any other suggestions? suggestions about networking, particularly maybe for mature workers who, who feel like what's, what a client told me one time is, I ha- already have friends. I don't have time for any more. I don't want to meet anybody else. And, and that's starting a job search from a hole. What, what suggestions do you have for, uh, for networking? Well, I think you should view networking from two perspectives. One, you need help. But the other perspective, which is also very fulfilling, is that maybe you might be able to help someone else. And I think in networking, you should follow the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Just as you want assistance in finding a position, so do others. You may be, you may be able to help someone through your contact. Becoming a resource for others is good for you. And for them, you'll feel better by helping them, and they'll be motivated to help you. Uh, There is another concept which I think is extremely successful, and that is the six degrees of separation. And that's the idea that everyone in the world is separated from everyone else by no more than six people. So you may link to someone who can help you achieve your goals by using the six degrees of separation. I can give you an example. Uh, One of my clients, an engineer, told his family, his friends, his church, and networking groups that he was searching for for a position. They, in turn, shared his job search with their business connections. And through the six degrees, John, the engineer, learned about an unadvertised position. This engineer interviewed and was hired before the position became public. 
That's great. If you if you can find your way in to a situation like that from pe- from people who know people, uh, you um, have such a positive glide path compared to having to go through the the competitive process later on. Well, networking is um, is a a key, and I, I think some of the things that we were talking about for an interview or working with recruiters apply in networking. When you're when you're out and about, when you're meeting people, if you're networking with career in the back of your mind, the the same things apply, don't they? That you want to appear energetic and up to date. Um, do you have any suggestions about how you um, how you exude that sense of energy? I think before you network or before you go to a job interview, I would say think 45. Carry yourself with your 45-year-old spark. Make sure you've eaten before your interview or networking. If you drink caffeine, have a beverage, you want to project energy. And I will tell you whether someone is going to become a referral for you during networking, or someone may potentially hire you, your energy level, your cheer, your cheerfulness, and your youthful attitude is all evaluated before they decide to help you. I read you quoted in a um, article recently uh, with predictions for 2018, and and you said that if if people do those things, if they have up-to-date experience and they're energetic and they're positive, they're going to find jobs this year, even though they may be well into their 60s. Is, is that right? Are, are you predicting that the jobs are out there for people who want to work, even though they may not be traditional full-time jobs? Yes. I think today is a much better time than in the past. I think uh, there are more positions available, and I think people who are acting proactively and are aware of what they need to do in order to get a job and in order to be interviewed have a greater chance of being employed today. Um, the times have changed. I think you'll remember that I believe it was in the 80s when it used to be over the hill at 40. Today, nobody would ever say that. Today, as we live longer and hopefully are healthier, uh, people are working longer. 60 is barely, as people live into their 90s, 60 is a very active age, 60 plus is a very active age, and there are many healthy years ahead to be able to be of value in the workplace. So yes, it is a better time. Yeah, I, I and I agree with you. I'm, I'm certainly uh, seeing that, that um, I, I seem to know a lot of people who feel like they're just picking up their stride and, and now they're really doing what they want. Well, your the book, uh, Best Job Search Tips for Age 60 Plus, has some good suggestions about how to um, 
kick your game up to a higher level if, if you're interested in a job search. I think the tips are useful for people of any age, but some of them are vital for the boomer crowd. Do you have any, um, any last tips or comments for people who might be thinking about making a shift? Yes, and this is good news. And the good news is that in every hiring situation, the interviewer or employer wants you to be the right candidate because they want to finish this particular search quickly and move on to their next priority. So from that perspective, it's quite positive. But you have to uh, uh, demonstrate that you're up to date in your appearance as well as your field, including social media, exude a youthful attitude filled with energy and enthusiasm. And very importantly, be able to show examples of successfully working with young employees, both as colleagues and as your manager, thereby significantly increasing your chances of being hired and fitting into a useful company culture. Toby, that's terrific advice. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here today, and I uh, wish good luck to our listeners who I know are going to be thinking about your advice and maybe upping their game. Thank you so much for having me. Today we've been talking with Toby Haberkorn, job search expert, recruiter, and author, about smart ways to pursue your job search. Today's career tip is that appearances do matter when you're interviewing for a job. Your personal style, like how you dress, can impact the way you come across. And what really matters is how you project energy and your positive attitude. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Thank you.